Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Small things done with great love make a huge impact. And we want to unpack that today. We want to talk about what does it look like for us to do hard things that are small, that don't come with an immediate payoff, but yet makes a huge difference in the lives that the things are done for or the people that are, or the ones maybe doing those things. And how those things are powerful and they make a huge difference. And so if you're new to us uh, this day, if you haven't been for a little while, just to let you know, we're, we're going through this, uh, this series of doing hard things. We've stepped out of our comfort zone. We have done things that go beyond what's expected or required of us. We have done things that are too big for us to do alone. We've, the power of collaboration. And then today... How to do hard things that don't pay off immediately. Things that are small but yet big. So in this, this quote, if you, if you were able to hear it, it says, Some believe it's only great power that can hold evil in check, but that's not what I have found. It is small, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that, that keep darkness at bay. Small acts of kindness and love. Do you believe that? Do you believe that small acts of kindness and love can make a difference, can change somebody's life? I believe so. And I believe sometimes it happens and we don't even know it. Like we don't even see it. We don't even see the results of it. Maybe we never see it or maybe we see it later on or maybe, maybe we'll not see it until the day we're in the presence of the Lord and we see somebody in, in heaven and they're like, you know, that one day when you came and you did this for me and you didn't even realize what a difference it made and it changed me forever. If you've ever wondered how something small could have a big impact, think about a splinter. Have you ever had a splinter really small in your finger, in your hand, and it hurt really, really bad? You're thinking, how could this little thing make my whole hand hurt? That happened to me just the other day. I was taking some lumber back to, to um, Home Depot. And they don't, and Menards, neither one of those places make it easy for you to take stuff back. They gotta make it a little easier. But I got a splinter in my hand and it made my whole hand hurt until I got it out of there. If you ever wondered how something small could make, make a big impact, think about Landon Jarris' life. If you don't know Landon, Landon was a four year old little boy who lost his battle with leukemia. They had a huge golf tournament yesterday. It was the biggest turnout they've ever had for a golf tournament at Shiloh Springs. And Landon's legacy continues to spread beyond anything we could possibly imagine. He's, his life made a difference, and he was only four years old. If you ever wonder how something small can make a huge difference in this world, how about a baby born in Bethlehem? A few short months, we'll be celebrating his birth and the impact he has had on all of us. So here's a list. Here's a list of small things that you could do to have a big impact. And you, you might have your own and, um, that you could be thinking about, but I want you to, I'm going to unpack this list for you, but I want you to be thinking about this thought. I want you to be thinking about, in order to do these things, we must 
be intentional. We must be intentional. We must be looking for opportunities to make huge impacts that don't pay off immediately. We're looking for these small things that can make a difference. We talked about it last week. We talked about the power of prayer and how prayer makes a huge difference. Even when someone doesn't know you're praying for them, but you're praying for them, it makes a difference. And then, then especially when someone does know you're praying for them, when, they, when someone comes to you and, and prays specifically for you. There was a story, I heard this story this week. This guy called me and he said, Brady, you won't believe this. He goes, but I was in school and this, this friend of mine just showed up out of nowhere and said, I really feel like I'm supposed to pray for you today. And he prayed for him, this gentleman that got the prayer, his name's Aaron, Aaron who needed the prayer. Aaron uh, is a custodian at Seagrass Elementary, just right, down the, right across the parking lot from here. And this gentleman came and prayed for Aaron, but it wasn't like he prayed for him in a quiet place where no one is around. He prayed for Aaron right there in front of all these people and had impact. He said you could just see, it just changed the atmosphere in the lunchroom because this man felt like he was supposed to go pray for Aaron. He heard this prompting and he went and he followed through. Last week we talked about all the different areas that you can serve in. Some of you didn't turn your form in. Some of you have still yet to respond. You know, we have all these different areas in the church that you can serve. Those are small things that make a huge difference. If you didn't think it made a difference, show up one day and their coffee would not be there and the snacks would not be there. There would be a revolt. People would turn around, just walk away and not come back. Because the coffee is not available. So think about how important it is that someone's there to do that. So here's another, it's a list of things that we can do. Let someone go in front of you in line. We talked about that last week. It had such an impact on someone, they're still here. Because someone said, hey, why don't you go in front of me? Send a random text. I know these things can be frustrating and they can be, uh, they can be used for evil, but they can use be for really good too. Like you're just thinking about someone, you know what, I just want you to know I've been thinking about you today, I've been praying for you. Just send a random text that just out of the blue, buy someone's coffee. That's a good thing. Pay for someone behind you in a drive-thru line. Have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever been in a drive-thru line and somebody in front of you paid for you? Does that feel good? It feels good, doesn't it? Like you don't walk away from that experience or drive away from that experience thinking, oh, that was awful. No, like it impacts you. It happened to me the other day. I don't know if I knew the person in front of me or whatever it was, but I get up there and, and I'll, just, I'll just be vulnerable with you and tell you what it was I was buying. A large Coke and a corn dog after 2 p.m. $2.14 is Sonic. It's a great deal. Ketchup, a package of ketchup, package of mustard. It is heaven on a stick, all right? I'm just saying. Well, not heaven, but it's good. <laughs> not good for you, but good. So this person in front of me paid for it. It was just $2.14, but it, it had an impact on me. I should have paid for the person behind me, but they, they, they ordered way too much and I couldn't afford it. <laughs> Beside the point. <laughs> Compliment someone. Just a simple, hey, you look really nice today. Hey, you're beautiful. You're, thank you for doing that for me. And just, or whatever it is. It's called giving someone verbal flowers. I stood in the line um, at a, a visitation on Friday night for a family that lost their 58-year-old mother and wife unexpectedly. 
And there's really not much you can do at that particular moment for them other than just give them verbal flowers. You know, we need to do that more for one another because we don't know about tomorrow, right? You don't know that the person sitting next to you might not be here tomorrow. And so say the things that we need to say. Small things make a huge difference. Pick up someone's books. Have you heard this? I don't know if it's an urban legend. It's a great story. It proves a good point. It's a great illustration. I don't know if it really happened or not. It's something similar. I'm sure it's happened somewhere in the world. But it was a story about a young man who was on his way home from school one day, had all of his books. He'd taken them out of his locker. He, he, he dropped them on the way home. And some other boy stopped and picked up the books for him, showed him some kindness. And then he asked the boy, why, why do you have all your books with you? Like, this school's still going on. Why did you take them? He said, well, you don't know this, but I was, I was bringing them all home because I was going home to end my own life because I don't want to live anymore because people at school are mean to me and I don't, I don't want to live. And the boy that stopped to pick up his books and give them back to him saved his life that day. Now, I don't know if that really happened, but it's a great illustration, isn't it? It's just something simple. Did it cost that boy anything to stop and bend over and pick up those books? Absolutely not. Did it have a huge impact? Absolutely. Ask someone, I was asking young people this last night. They were over at a house. I said, hey, hey, write my sermon for me. Tell me some small things that make a big difference. Uh, one young lady said, ask someone to sit at your lunch table. Maybe you are at a restaurant and you see that someone's sitting alone and Hey, can I join you? Or you can you do you want to come sit with me? Maybe that feels awkward. Maybe they just say no, but at least you you tried. Take someone's cart back for them at the grocery store. That's one of my favorite things to do. Like I just kind of lurk, you know, I'm just waiting. Waiting until she puts the last thing in her, and I'm like, hey, can I can I take that back for you? It it does prove to be a nice thing. It's a it's a it's a nice blessing. Something simple. Take time to just sit and listen to somebody tell their story. No agenda. Just listen. Let someone beat you in the game of horse. That was a suggestion someone gave me. Now you think, okay, what does that mean? Well, you know what? Sometimes, like, so I've gotten into some games at the YMCA and I'm playing with some of these um, gentlemen that are a little bit senior than me and I'm a fairly decent basketball player you know I can't dunk anymore because I'm too old for that but but I can shoot the ball still and so sometimes it's like oh man I missed dang it and you let somebody get the win I'm not saying do that every time because you know sometimes I like to win you know so I couldn't take it to them but let someone win every once in a while make them feel good Hey, dads in the room, have you ever done that for your kids? If your kids are not around, have you ever let them win? <laughs> Fighting's like, no, I crushed him in the ground. I got to teach that boy, that's life, this is the way it is. <laughs> and then they get bigger and faster than you, <laughs> and then they end up beating you. And you're just thinking, hopefully they just let, you know, maybe let you win. Clean someone's house when they're not at home. Now be careful about this one. Some of the people might get freaked out about that. 
But just like if you know like how to get into their house, like just show up, like, if they, like they have a, maybe they have a family member in the hospital or they've been in the hospital, just come in and do something nice. Pay for someone to clean somebody else's house. That's a nice gesture. Anybody in there would want that to happen for you? Like you just, someone just, yeah, amen, just show up, clean my house. Would you clean your house before they came over to clean your house? Just wondering. <laughs> All right, hold the door open for someone. Now, if you do that at Quick Trip here in Platte City, you might be there all day. I'm just saying, you're just the official Quick Trip greeter. <laughs> Morning, <laughs> welcome to Quick Trip. I'll do that sometimes. I'll just stand there and just let people in and out. Smile and say hello. Write a note and mail it to someone. Who is text messaging me? Don't they know that I work on Sunday morning? Maybe it's someone just sending me a random text. <laughs> Thinking of you today, Brady. Love you. Steve Bonar sent me a message earlier. Uh, send flowers, literal flowers. Like just random flowers that just show up at someone's house. Just say, hey, I'm praying for you. Whatever. Mow a yard. That season's almost over. Shovel a drive. That season's coming soon. <laughs> if you need a good shovel, check out Jeff's True Value Hardware. The, shovel, the shovel's already in. Yep, they're in, all right? Take a meal to someone. Any young families that just, man, if somebody would just show up and say, can we just watch your kids for a couple hours where you have some time just to be alone? Any young families appreciate that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Just not just the young ones. Well, your wife's still young. She's not old like you. Um <laughs> Go watch someone else's kids play a sport. Watch them come to a concert here. Watch them sing and afterwards say that was amazing. That was beautiful. Some verbal flowers there. Come and watch them play an instrument if they're in the band. Watch them come to a dance recital. Now let me give you a clue. If you're going to come to somebody's dance recital, you need to call ahead. Like what number are they? What at, whatever. Like Because they could be the 42nd act. Now, you might want to set through all that, or you just say, I'm going to show up, I'm 41, watch them, cheer for them, give them flowers or whatever, and move on. And then, this is something, we've kind of reduced the small things, kind things to this, and we do it a lot, and it's still a nice thing to do, I'm not saying it's not. You can always like or even love someone's post on Facebook, right? It's a small thing, isn't it? something easy. But in all these things, I mean, I, want, I just want to encourage you, let love and compassion be the fuel. Let mercy be your motivation. Let mercy be your motivation. So here's a question. How could doing everything for God's glory, even these small things, radically influence how you think about and how you even go about completing these small tasks. Let me, give you a, let me give you a scripture for that. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Right. So all these things that I just talked about, whatever you do, 
It all fits under this category. It says, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Verse 23 in Colossians chapter 3. Whatever you do, do it from the heart, right? Love and compassion is the fuel. Do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Doesn't that change things just a little bit? Think about it. If you're trolling the parking lot and there's Jesus, he's putting his loaves and fishes in his car and his cart's empty now and the the cart corral is clear over there. And if Jesus was there, would you do it for Jesus? You know you would. Bonus points. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. Jesus, let me get your cart. But if you view this person as doing it for the Lord, doesn't that change the way you do it? Knowing, it says, that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. Now, you might not ever see the blessings from or the other person or how it blesses the other person. You might never really see that. You might not see the immediate payoff. But what did this scripture just say? There is a reward of an inheritance from the Lord, I believe, for one, not only in eternity, but I also believe that there's a blessing for you right here and right now at the moment that you do it. I I believe it's true. The blessing sometimes comes in the way that it just lifts your spirits. Maybe it takes you out of the funk you're in because you just blessed somebody else and it's lifted them too. Here's a great story, Luke chapter 10. I want you to turn in your Bibles if you have your Bible with you. Luke chapter 10. Verse 25. So Luke chapter 10, Matthew, Mark, Luke, one of the Gospels. Verse 25, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. If you know your Bible, you know this story. You've heard this story before. It's a great story. Now, don't get me wrong. I think what this guy did was a huge thing, but it was the little things that he did for this man in the midst of it. That made it so big. So an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus and he said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Okay, listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna share, I'm gonna share a scripture at the end of this ser- sermon that will explain to you there is nothing you can do that you can do to earn eternal life. Okay? So don't let that be your motivation to do all these nice things. Well, I just got to do at least 12 good things today to offset my 10 bad ones yesterday so that God still will love me. It doesn't work in his economy. That's not the way he views it. And so he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, what is written in the law? He asked him, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, 
and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. He told him, do this and you will live. Really live. Experience life to the fullest. You will experience life on a different level when you love him and love others. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, okay, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Literally this morning, I just took these, these magnets. They were supposed to be for pictures, but I ripped the plastic off of them. And I wrote, I put a little picture up, but this is us. This is our house. And on my door going into my garage, I put my neighbor's names in front of me, my neighbor's names behind us, our neighbors to the, to, if you're looking at our house, to the right of us. We have no neighbors immediately to the left of us except for across the street. And I put these pictures of their names and I would think, who are my neighbors? Who are the people that live closest to us? How can I be praying for them? I encourage you to do that if you haven't ever done that. Just find out their names. I mean, you can pray them without a name, pray for them without a name, but it's so much more personal and more effective, I think, when you pray for them by name. Look for opportunities to do that. So he's asking, who is my neighbor? Well, I know physically who some of my neighbors are. We just moved, so I'm just learning. But I think it's a deeper question than that. Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He saw him. He obviously knew something had happened to him. He saw him with his own eyes, but instead he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, Pass by on the other side. But, it's a powerful word. This word's going to come up again in this next passage I'm going to share with you. But a Samaritan on his journey came up to him, and when he saw the man, what did he have on him? He had compassion for him. See, all three of the men saw this person that was in trouble, but only one really saw him. Only one really saw him. Only one had compassion for this man. The other people might have seen him, obviously, with their eyes, but yet with their heart were like, I don't have time. It's not my problem. Somebody else will do it. Maybe next week, if I see him again, then I might help. But this Samaritan, who in this culture, Jesus is telling this story, and these people listen to this story, they're like, what, a Samaritan? They're not good people. They're not like us. They're not as holy as a priest and as, as honored as a Levite who is a worship leader in his local synagogue, chosen by God to lead worship. And you've said the Samaritan comes along and sees this man. And it says he saw the man. He had 
compassion. Remember, love and compassion is the fuel for the small things done with great love that we seek to accomplish here on earth. He went over to him. He bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Sometimes doing small hard things, little acts of kindness, might cost you something. It's going to cost you some time. In this particular case, it cost him his olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. It says the next day he took out two denarii, which is like two days' wages. He gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra that you spend. Now, understanding that an innkeeper in that particular culture was more like an Air, Air and B right, kind of thing. Kind of like it's your home, but yet you set aside a room and a place for people to come. It was, it was like a, instead of Uber, it was your house. <laughs> and you're letting people in to your own home and you're and, you're, and this was normal in this culture to do this. This wasn't un, unordinary. It wasn't extreme. It was just normal for you to take people in. For one, now obviously the man doing this that owns the home or the inn, he's getting paid off immediately. He's getting money for it. You know, but that was his business. This is his business. And so that's what he, was, that's what he did. And so... He asked this question. Jesus comes up with this question. He answers, a, he answers a question with a question. He said, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And listen to what the answer was. The one who showed mercy to him, he said. And then Jesus told him, go and do the same thing. Go. And show mercy. Ephesians chapter 2. It says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world. According to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. It says, we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And I put off to the side, living selfishly. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. All of us at some point in time have the capacity to be the robbers in this story. We all have the capacity to take something from someone else that does not belong to us. We do it in relationships. We do it at work. We do it sometimes in friendships. Maybe we do it in our extracurricular activities. We all have the capacity to be just as evil as those guys. And this is by nature. We are children under wrath, living by our own selfish desires. We all have the capacity to be just like the priest and the Levite, to see with our eyes, but to not do anything about it with our hands. And to walk right on by. 
But yeah, Brady, come on, though. I mean, we can't stop and help everybody, right? I mean, in some ways it's true. I mean, I don't stop and pick up every single homeless person that I see in downtown Kansas City. I would, but I don't have enough room in my car. My wife told me I can't bring them all home. Some I do. <laughs> Brady, my friend Brady, Pastor Brady, and Brady loves. And you take, go with Brady and go across the river and get into the city, and Brady goes into, like, outreach mode. Like, seriously, he's like a superhero, like a costume comes on him, and he's transformed. And he's, like, looking for the next person he can share the gospel with. I'm not joking. This is true. And then we go eat burritos, which is really good. So there is a reward. <laughs> but you can't save everyone, but you can save the, the people that God puts in your path if you see them with eyes that cause you to have compassion for them. So it's like we all have the capacity to maybe do the things we know we're not supposed to do. But you know what? I also believe We've been given this gift to be just like the Samaritan. And our heart breaks for other people and we want to serve. And, we, we want, and the more we do that, the more we become like Christ. So listen to this. So, by nature, children under wrath, as the others were also, wouldn't it be awful if that's where the story ended? Have a nice day, everyone. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Go Chiefs. But remember that word I talked about that was going to come up again? But God. So you get all this news that's kind of negative. You get all this stuff that's going on in the story. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You are saved by grace because of this gift of this little baby born in Bethlehem that grew up and took on the sins of the world and hung them on a cross. And then defeated the only thing that we really should ever fear, and that is death. And once we have Christ, we don't have to fear that anymore either. It says, He also raised us up with Him, seated us with Him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So when we receive the kindness from him, it's only natural that we turn around and just give it away and we lavish it upon people that we come in contact with. Right? Like that's what he calls us to. For you are saved by grace through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. Not from work so that no one can boast, so that you understand that you're not saved by the good things that you do. You are saved to do good things <laughs> that he calls you to do. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, as we finish up our time together, God has already prepared these things for you to do. 
He has people unloading their, their, their carts at the grocery store, waiting for you to do it. He has people you're going to come in contact with even later on today that you're going to say, oop, this is one of those moments, this is one of those opportunities I can do a small, hard thing that can make a great impact. And I might not ever, not ever see it, but I know it's what God is calling me to do. Do you know he has these things prepared for you to do? I believe it. And I want to encourage you to walk those things out, to follow through and watch God move in miraculous ways. I want to encourage you today as we finish up our time together to not dream big, but to dream small and do hard things for him and watch God do amazing things. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.